Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, July 6th, 527 a.m. Central Time. Mixed trade in the grain markets this morning. December corn futures up one and a quarter at 494 and three quarters. November soybeans down three quarters of a cent at 1354 and a quarter. December Chicago wheat down 11 and a half at 678 and three quarters. December Kansas City wheat down one and a quarter at 843 and a quarter. December spring wheat down one and a quarter at 862 and a quarter. Mackenzie, let's start off with uh, the weather this morning. Forecasted rains may miss the central U.S. Corn Belt. Areas that are expected to see the best amounts over the next five days include Kansas, Oklahoma, southern Missouri, and the Mid-South. Large areas of Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota will be drier by comparison. This morning, rain fell over the Kansas-Oklahoma border and also uh, the northern part of Michigan. So if you look at the next five days here, yeah, it looks like a lot of the rain is going to miss the Corn Belt to the south. And if you're in Kansas or Oklahoma or southern Missouri or Arkansas, this is great. Some of these areas actually have been uh, fairly wet as of late. But you know what? It's July. What is the date? July 6th. Uh, we need some more rain in the Corn Belt. And, and just because there were some rains over the last couple of weeks um, in parts of Illinois in particular, which was your big problem area, uh, we need additional rains beyond that. There's some conflict in the models this morning. So the Euro model, which I think has been a little bit more reliable, keeps a lot of the rains south of the Corn Belt, even through the next um, 10 days. Uh, southern half or maybe southern two-thirds of Illinois could catch some rain, but a lot of Iowa looks dry. A lot of, uh, say, southern Wisconsin, Minnesota, um, eastern South Dakota, a lot of North Dakota looks dry. Uh, kind of spotty stuff expected for Indiana, Ohio. So I don't think this is a super bearish forecast by any means. And I said this yesterday too. I just I think you need to see the follow-up uh, rains here. And a lot of areas never caught that first round of rains to begin with. So uh, we hope that, you know, maybe the GFS is a little bit more accurate and that these rains are going to be a little bit more widespread. But, you know, the further out you go, the less reliable this stuff becomes. And the next five days is, is the most reliable forecast typically. And you're just not seeing the rains in the Corn Belt. So um, I don't know. I read this as being kind of a friendly forecast. The market doesn't appear to, to see it that way uh, here this morning, but we'll see what happens. So uh, if you guys are not already subscribed to our premium content, you sure need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together with Matt Bennett yesterday? Uh, Matt was on yesterday. We did kind of a rundown of, of what we thought were like the topical items here coming out of the 4th of July weekend. Uh, one of the questions we tried to answer was how low can the corn market go? Uh, on the flip side, we tried to answer how high can the soybean market go, uh, given what we've seen in regard to acreage uh, data from USDA recently. We talked about weather. We talked about demand. Um, we talked about a number of things here. And also in regard to premium content, guys, we're still doing the pre-open weather videos. We'll be doing these on Sunday nights. They come out at about 6 p.m. through the month of July uh, during kind of weather market season. Uh, that's the most popular video we do every single week. Um, if you guys want to see the premium stuff, go to standardgrain.com this morning. You can sign up with your credit card on your phone or computer. It takes about one minute, 50 bucks a month. Uh, cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, guys. Give that deal a shot this morning. 
large money managers are probably still net long the corn market. Despite a sharp sell-off during the past two weeks, private groups estimate that the funds were still net long a modest amount of corn at Wednesday's close. The estimates, the, excuse me, the estimates vary from a net long of 5,000 contracts to a net long of 15,000 contracts. While the recent sell-off in the corn market has been substantial, some might argue that more downside is possible given that the funds could shift toward a net short position, short position at any time. We haven't seen what I would call a big net short position in the corn market uh, from the funds since 2020. Mid-2020, like uh, prior to the uh, post-COVID rally that was associated with Chinese buying, funds were short like 300,000 contracts of corn. I'd say anything close to 200,000 in, in terms of a net short would be large historically. And the funds were often in that position from, say, 2014 through uh, the middle part of 2020. So what this tells me is that if this gets ugly enough, uh, funds could push toward a big time net short position, which would lead you to lower prices. Um, identifying what could be the low end of the range in terms of corn prices this year is very, very difficult to do. But um, I think that the bottom of the barrel type pricing in terms of corn could occur simultaneously. Like say if funds get short, 200,000, 250,000 contracts, that could be the bottom end of the trading range. I don't know. We, we talked about this with Matt in a little bit of detail yesterday. I don't know if we've repriced the grain markets in the same way that we've repriced everything else on the planet. You know, over the last three years since this COVID deal, everything has gone up in, in terms of, uh, I mean, asset classes, whether it's real estate or groceries or anything you buy. I mean, it's, it's all gone up in price. It's the same. Can you say the same thing about commodity markets and the grain markets in particular? I think that uh, question is uh, left to be answered here, certainly. A new grain company has become Russia's top wheat exporter. GrainGates LLC was the biggest shipper of Russian wheat during the 2022-2023 season, exporting 7.22 million tons. The company was only registered in June of last year and has ties to Dimitra, the second largest wheat exporter last season. Dimitra is backed by the state-owned VTB Bank, a lender subject to sanctions over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Both Dimitra and VTB have made an effort to set themselves apart from the new trading company. VTB plans to exit the grain business by the end of this year. So um, I guess the, the take-home here is this, this is kind of an addition to the stories we talked about like probably a month ago that the uh, Western grain entities, your commercials, were essentially exiting Russia. And now you've got these more like state-backed or like pseudo-state-backed uh, entities um, exporting wheat out of Russia. I don't really know if this is going to have any impact or not on Russian wheat exports, but Russia is again expected to be uh, the top wheat exporter on the planet, I believe, this year. On Wednesday, Russia said it has yet to decide if it will extend the Black Sea grain deal. Also, as we can all remember, the UN and Russia signed a memorandum last year stating that the UN would help facilitate access to Russian exports on global markets. To preserve the memorandum, the Kremlin is demanding readmission of the Russian Agricultural Bank to the, to the SWIFT banking system. The EU was considering a proposal for the bank to set up a subsidiary to reconnect to the global financial network. However, a Russian official dismissed the proposal and insisted that the Russian bank have complete access to SWIFT.
We actually had a fairly substantial rally in some of the wheat contracts yesterday. Maybe this sort of story is part of it. I think the bigger part uh, has to do with rumors that floated around yesterday. There were some rumors, believe it or not, regarding uh, U.S. wheat export business. I can't remember the last time I saw a flash sale of U.S. wheat reported, but uh, don't be totally shocked. I'll be kind of shocked, but don't be totally shocked if you see something here uh, later this morning or perhaps on Friday. The minutes from the Federal Reserve's June meeting revealed division over pausing an interest rate increase and support for a quarter point hike. The minutes also revealed that the majority of policymakers agreed that more tightening would be needed this year. Officials, uh, officials supporting a hike in June cited tight labor markets and a resilient U.S. economy, yet some Fed officials believe it's time to step back and let policy work. Investors have increased the odds of a July hike to 85% compared to 62% right after the June meeting. Yeah, the economy and a lot of things have been really resilient. Uh, the markets have been resilient. Stock market's been resilient. Real estate has been especially resilient. Um, average 30-year mortgage rate is like up above 7%. I don't think we've been to 8% yet to just give you kind of a real-world example. Yet real estate prices have not come down a ton. And you guys are probably seeing similar stuff when it comes to uh, farmland, things along those lines. So despite the fact that we've got this huge spike in interest rates, I mean, you haven't really seen it uh, kill the economy or even really hurt a whole lot um, in any regard. I mean, real estate prices have slipped just, just slightly, but um, not the way that a lot of people thought that this may work given all of these rate hikes. What did the cattle market do yesterday? Uh, showed signs of modest correction as traders wait for cash cattle trade to get started this week. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of 279 lower. They were anywhere from 217 to 325 lower. Live cattle futures closed an average of 114 lower. They were anywhere from 72 cents to 187 lower. Choice box beef had a down day, closing uh, down 556, uh, ending the day at 322.78. Select ended the day at 292.69. That was down 161. Outside markets this morning, guys, pretty quiet. U.S. dollars off just a little bit. Gold's off. Um, I'm sorry, the S&P's off 18 points. The Dow Jones off 130. Gold's up two bucks. Uh, crude oil is up seven cents in the August WTI at 71.85. Last trade. Everybody have a great day today. Uh, we will talk to you on Friday.